Welcome back to Nights at Nefertiti's with your host, Nahum. Hello, hello, guys, and welcome back to Nights at Nefertiti's. I feel like I've been calling it nights for short, but that is really beside the point. Welcome back to part two of the Love Unplugged series. Today, we're talking about love and society. We're going to kind of do a little bit of a different format and figure out if this is the format that we like or if we don't like. Please let me know your feedback on it. So like I said, today we're going to delve into love and how it has been shaped by our society and gender roles and pretty much how these three things intersect with one another and shape our perceptions and experiences when it comes to love overall and our life. So today we'll be discussing again from the two books that have inspired these this series which is all about love by bell hooks which i feel like i need to like have an own like its own series for the podcast episodes because i was rereading it again and was just like oh my god there's so many good intakes from this and so many different conversations i want to have with people surrounding certain topics she discusses in that book and also love what life is all about by leo buscaglia 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 we're trying to figure out how to pronounce it i listened to it like 300 times and i still struggle so i am giving everyone grace for not being able to pronounce my name now for 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 the rest of time for the rest of eternity so let me reintroduce these two amazing authors so leo busaglia who was a renowned motivational speaker and professor i think at the university of california please fact check me if i am wrong and author known for his work on love and relationships and hooks is bell hooks has also uh, she's a author and has thoughts about feminism and society and gender roles and just she's just amazing i highly highly recommend this book so so much the only reason why i don't highly recommend love by leo basaglia is because it's a bit old and i feel like there are some thoughts that are outdated and harder to read because there are things that you could tell it was written in the 1970s and i think i mentioned that in the other episode but i still do think it's a book that is worth reading so we're gonna just really dive into this episode and get right into it so love like we mentioned before is a complex and multifaceted emotion that has been written about and sung about and like studied for centuries and centuries and centuries but what does love really mean in today's world and how does that impact how our societal norms have been shaped and expectations shape our understanding of love and relationships in general and just how we go about our life with these thought processes. So one of the most interesting things about love is how it's often seen as both a personal and societal matter. So society has a huge impact on the way we approach and express love 
from the romantic comedies we might watch if you watch something borrowed what are like classic ones uh, he's not that into you so many different like a lot of classic movies that revolve around love and romantic comedies I, I literally just drew a blank I could not think of any for some reason and like love songs like, like all of you by John Legend for example and we're exposed to all of this and to the way we're taught to form relationships and communicate with others. We're often told that we should strive for romantic love and that we need someone to complete us, quote unquote. I'm using air quotes. You can't see it. Or that like self-worth is tied to whether we're in a relationship or not. But are these societal norms actually serving us and are they even accurate? This has led to a set of expectations and norms around love that can limit our ability to experience it in its full form. In this part, we're going to pretty much explore some of the societal norms around love and love and society have quite a reciprocal relationship. So society pretty much shapes our beliefs and attitudes. attitudes i don't know why i'm having like accent malfunction today and attitudes toward love and relationships while our experiences and interactions with love shape the society we live in so it's kind of complex but at the same time really simple so this is particularly true when it comes to gender roles and expectations and this is really where we're going to really dive into this episode and really talk about this so like i said bell hooks is who talks more about love in society and how all of these implications work with gender roles and our expectations of life so bell hooks to reintroduce her again because i think she deserves 500 introductions because she's amazing bell hooks the renowned feminist scholar has written extensively on love and its relation with society and gender and i think that she has so many good arguments even though i've read in places that some of her thoughts are outdated and i would really disagree with that because i feel like she hits the nail on the head in so many points and has so many things that she has to share and just even all about love alone and i'm going to share some like snippets from the book that i feel like people need to like hear about maybe we could have more of a discussion about it whether it's emailing nightsetnyfortds at gmail.com or if you want to reach out on instagram at naram nights so if you have any insights or feedback on this whole episode please let me know because i'm super interested in hearing other people's perspectives on the things that i've been reading in both of these books so not to drag on with just like me gushing over this book so in her book all about love hooks argues that we need to deconstruct societal norms that limit our understanding of love and relationships so hooks believes that the way we understand love and relationships has been shaped by patriarchal values that prioritize individualism and competition over connection and community. She argues that this leads to a lack of meaningful relationships and a focus on romantic love 
over other forms of love like self-love and love for others and compassion for others and caring for what is happening around the world for others is how I'm interpreting it in today's modern world is for example with what is happening in Turkey and Syria with the earthquake that I still am shaking when I think about it is that with the thought of having all of this love and compassion for people that you might not know and wanting to help out and wanting to be somewhat helpful to people that are not necessarily in your community is such a powerful tool that that is what helps people and that is what it's like kind of like a almost a domino effect of this having compassion and having love is what pushes things forward to help others too so that's just like my little tidbit from from that but she had like one quote that I really liked that she was talking about in her book that's actually a lie because there are so many different quotes in this book that are just I think gold just because she continues to talk about how pretty much without love we tend to lie more because we aren't afraid or compassionate towards others to provide the truth and in a part that is why the feminist movement began because on page I think 48 of her book She said, when feminism first began, women talked openly about our desires to know men better, to love them for who they are. We talked about our desires to be loved for who we are, and we urged men to be true to themselves, to express themselves. Then when men began to do that, uh, women couldn't cope. And I find that incredibly interesting because right now I feel like that's the opposite because women until now, at least from my experience, is we want to be able to express ourselves more and we want to be heard and we want the other side for them for us to hear what they want as well and we just want open communication of both sides and equality coming from for all genders and just for an embrace on all of it and I'll really go into more of the feminism parts later on when I do the women's month series again the annual women's month series But she brings up so many different ideas and things of how society has shaped us into not wanting to basically accept the truth any longer if it's something that we can't cope with or accept it when we can't accept these different struggles that without telling that being dishonest is doing it without love and this doesn't go without like being careful with maybe a white lie so you don't hurt someone's feelings or anything but more of the fact that we tend to go about our daily activities with less and less compassion because of how it's been drilled into us the uncomfortability of accepting other people's emotions and just experiences in life and their own desires as well so she continues on in a different part 
Now, this is the part where I kind of was like, I knew this would is happening in today's world, especially in the U.S. And I feel like also back home in Egypt is the whole idea of overconsumption and how it ties in with love. And there's a part in the book that she says, the good life was no longer to be found in community and connection. It was to be found in accumulation and the fulfillment of pretty much stuff, stuff we're accumulating over time and stuff we might not even need. And that's where supposedly love was in and happiness was in as well. And she was talking about how pretty much love is not a topic she thinks about. Her life has been characterized by the lack of love. She has found it makes life easier when she hardens her heart and turns her attention towards more attainable goals like acquiring shelter and food, making ends meet, finding ways to satisfy desires for little material luxuries. And I don't know about you, but when we think about something like when something good happens in our life and we're like, oh, I'm just going to pretty much basically treat myself. And you're doing that because it's out of like self-care, self-love or whatever. And you go get yourself a bag or a luxury item or not even a luxury item. You go get yourself a coffee, a cake pop, whatever it might be. Uh, You go into TJ Maxx or Marshalls, like find a cute little mug that you want. And we have shifted it into that instead of pouring our emotions and desire for connectedness into material objects, to be honest. And it's crazy. And I don't know if these thoughts are so scattered in my head and coming out as scattered, but it's so scary to see how love has shifted from wanting to have people around us and community and just that warmth and huge hug from others into wanting all these things around us and then I feel like now with people that I know and watching stuff on TikTok maybe it's just because of my own like for you page that it's customized to me that more and more people are trying to live a more minimalistic life and less of that and want to connect with others and that's why I personally think of it in the sense of travel and that's why I love to travel is to connect with others and to connect with other cultures and to really put that part of my love out there of wanting this warmth and community and Not necessarily like collecting people, but to give it in a place where I think is more valued rather than having it and not having the values. Because let's be real, sometimes when you go and treat yourself and buy that cute mug, you're obsessed with it for what, a month or two? And then later on, it's just in your cupboard again and no longer with use or needed. And it's sad but it's the sad truth and bell hooks really puts out this strong i think argument in my opinion that love is a fundamental human need that society's narrow and patriarchal definition of love has led all of us to lack understanding and fulfillment of it too and 
she, not to go back into like the depths of the book again, but I feel like I have to, is that she argues that traditional like societal views on gender roles in the book, because I feel like I, I kind of glazed over this part, is that both men and women, like she says that it harms both of us and that men are taught to be emotionally repressed and to prioritize power over love while women are taught to prioritize love over their own needs and desires and it creates a incredibly harmful dynamic in relationships where men may struggle to express vulnerability and women may sacrifice their own happiness for the sake of their partners and hooks advocates for a rethinking of these like traditional gender roles where both men and women are encouraged to prioritize self-love because i feel like at least right now it's incredibly targeted towards women in their 20s and 30s and completely neglected of that men need to experience self-love too and another thing is mutual respect in relationships and coming from a more i would say gender ruled biased culture that men's needs and respects are valued a little bit a little i and i feel like i'm gonna get attacked by this but a little bit higher than women's and this is in all honesty true in a sense and this means pretty much that if we want to be mutually respective this means valuing emotional intelligence and vulnerability in both men and women rather than viewing these traits as weak or unmanly it also means recognizing that caring and giving and emotional labor are actually valuable things that are not easy and don't aren't easy to come by and to give and important regardless of whether they are performed by a man or a woman and by embracing a more equitable and respectful view of gender roles we can create more loving and fulfilling relationships for everyone around us another key component from the book is that hooks really i guess her call to action in this whole book which like i said highly highly recommend is for readers to actively work to create more loving and just relationships and communities and really embrace all of these different facts and how love pops up in literally every part of our life and go run wild with it pretty much so bell hooks is honestly an amazing author and i cannot even like slightly reach the point where i'm gonna be able to do her any justice and it was hard to just kind of like summarize tidbits of this book because i strongly recommend this book to anyone who is interested in this topic on love and how she really really dives into it in so many different facets of our life and how it it's not just our relationships with others. It's our relationship with ourselves. It's society. It's genders. It's the patriarchy. It's all of these thing, these things that I would rather just like sit here and read the book to you guys to be able to really make that point reach across because I feel like I can't do it justice. And she did an amazing job doing it with this book. This book is fucking chef's kiss. And 
I just love it so, so much. Okay. So with bell hooks and diving into her, we're going to dive a little bit into Leo Busaglia. And Leo, in his book, Love, argues that love is the foundation of a fulfilling life and what we need to embrace in all of its forms, including like self-love. And Busaglia believes that love is the answer to many of society's problems, including loneliness and isolation. And we're not going to actually really dive into both of these topics as well today because there will be future episode on this topic, but we are going to touch on it slightly about it and talk more in depth on his perspectives of it so pretty much like i said isolation so he encourages us to embrace love in all of its forms and to spread love to those around us especially to those who need it most and this is why i think both of them are pretty much have similar thoughts but are expressing them entirely different when it comes to society so With that, he pretty much had a quote. Okay, so I had to pause for a sec so I could pretty much get it because I have so many different tabs in this book. So he said, it involves the actual process of relearning. All learning involves searching, finding, analyzing, evaluating, experiencing, accepting, rejecting, practice, and reinforcement. It is often said that love is its own reward. And this is interesting because he believed that our society has a major impact on how we view and experience love. He believed that many of our societal beliefs and values surrounding love are limiting. So it's pretty much relearning all these beliefs and understanding which ones you want to take and which ones you don't want to take because some of them prevent us from experiencing true and unconditional love in all of its facets, whether it's romantic, platonic, community, country, whatever it is. So he pretty much argues that our society is overly focused on individualism and competition and materialism, just like bell hooks, which can create a self-centered and superficial view of love. And that's where my head was just like, yes, yes, yes. He believed that we have lost touch with pretty much the essence of love, which is about connection and empathy and giving to others without expecting anything in return. And I think this is the problem is that we all grew up in a society expecting someone to react in a certain way, someone to give in a certain way to you, someone to care about you in a certain way someone too and i'm guilty of it too is that sometimes in when i am loving and giving a lot of love to someone i expect somewhat of it in return maybe not all of it but some parts of it and busaglia believed that our society values and beliefs surrounding love are pretty much perpetuated by media and education and pop culture and to me now I feel like if he saw like pop psychology he'd be like what the heck is this so 
with many romantic movies and TV shows at his time, promoted like a fairy tale view of love. And I feel like we still tend to do that with whether if it even if it is rom-coms, most of it end in happily ever after or a happy ending that the two people end up loving each other. Like the new movie with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Spoiler alert. And that it's pretty much kind of unrealistic because sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen for you and it doesn't happen for you not because you're a bad person and two amazing people could maybe not end up together and that's fine and it could lead to disappointment in like real life relationships too but this is getting into a different topic so pretty much that's kind of how like all of these total different implications are managing are around. So let me dive into a little bit of Busaglia's view on gender roles and love. So another aspect of society that we talked about is that it shaped our view of love is in gender roles, which we talked about with bell hooks. So Busaglia believed that traditional gender roles can limit the expression of love and prevent us from experiencing it fully as well compared to the materialism and the ideation of pretty much thinking that everything is a fairy tale. He argued that many of gender-based expectations surrounding love, such as the idea that men should be the providers and women should be the caretakers, can prevent us immensely from experiencing love in the truest form, which I 1000% agree with because I am completely against this specific gender role play and it frustrates me so much. He believed that love should be restricted, not restricted by gender roles and that both men and women should be encouraged to express love in their own way. And breaking down gender barriers and breaking free from pretty much traditional gender roles, which is something that I feel like we've come a longer way than we actually think we have in our own personal life. I'm not talking about like in the societal view of it, but in our personal life with like people that you know and how their marriages are or relationships are with traditional gender roles and it's a crucial thing for experiencing love again in its fullest form and he definitely has in with this book and his other books and speeches encouraged people to challenge their own beliefs and expectations surrounding love and gender roles and to embrace a more open and inclusive view of it and these expectations definitely can lead to unequal power dynamics in relationships and can prevent people from fully expressing themselves and exploring their own desires and hooks pretty much argues the same thing that we need to break down these gender roles and strive for more equitable relationships where all partners are free to express themselves and pursue their own goals which i feel like it's so hard to pretty much conceptualize that it's so simple but we complicate it and we make it difficult but yeah so we're gonna pause and figure all of this information that i pretty much gave you guys and i want to know what your 
feedback is on all of this and do you believe in the stuff that leo busaglia and bell hooks trying uh bell hooks have to say about the dynamics of society and love so we're gonna pretty much switch gears here we're shifting gears and we're gonna do a little bit of moonlit muses which are the new title for my recommendation segment is moonlit muses and we're gonna dive into some of that midnight muses time okay so last week i talked about newsletters and three people called me out for gatekeeping and i can't lie that was uh, a valid call out so i'm actually going to do two newsletters at a time and let you guys know about them so one of the ones because happy i'm i'm so sorry that i freaking suck but happy black history month it's february so i've been subscribed to this newsletter since last year and i think it's called 28 days of black history and i'm only hesitant because when i get the emails on the top it says nicole at 28 days of black history that's the only reason but i've been subscribed to them since last year and it's a great newsletter to keep you informed about black history and to have more facts and knowledge about it and be able to support it and understand more about black culture and black history in general and very very informative highly highly recommend the second newsletter that i want to recommend is are you mad at me and it's written by sawyer and she is an expat she's an american expat living in spain and i just really love this newsletter because it just feels like a friend is emailing you and it feels so personal and so engaging and i just love it so much and she reminds me parts of my own self or my own like thought processes that i have in my head so it's also super relatable and i highly recommend that newsletter as well i also have two musical recommendations so one of them is a song that i've been completely obsessed with and it's called moon by jonah kagan and i just love this song so much it gives me in the feels but also i feel like i can listen to it when i'm moody and when i feel like i'm upbeat i love it because it serves two purposes for me i don't know but i really enjoy that song and another song that i've been really loving is volver a a tenerte and that's me trying to speak spanish uh, in a spanish accent rather than my gringa accent but yeah so those two songs are have been my go-to's recently but I have a whole playlist on my Spotify now where I'm doing like an experimenting playlist where I put music whether I feel like I might like it or might not because I don't want it in my normal playlist. That's uh, beside the point really. So there's that and I think that is all of my moonlit muses for this week except that I've still been loving my water bottle and i really like to be hydrated (laughs) but yeah oh and 
a podcast that I've been listening to a lot recently on walks with my dogs because I feel like I can't listen to longer ones because they're when walking both of them they're mad men I swear and I could say that loud and proud but those two mad men are definitely psychopaths but we love them and I only say that because each one of them pulls me in two different directions and they're huge dogs. One of them is a golden and the other is a German. And if you know them, you know how goofy both of them are. But one of them is like getting a little bit slower on his walks that anyway, that definitely beside the point. But I feel like because I didn't have my little overthinking thoughts section today that I just had to give you some two cents and I'm actually changing the title for that too since we're here anyway I'm gonna call it starry thoughts or like yeah starlit thoughts and uh, yeah because even if we're overthinking that does not mean that these thoughts can't shine unless if they're like detrimental but that's a different story those those thoughts are saved for my therapist though so but yeah point is the the podcast i've been listening to listening to on those is the life kit podcast by npr and i've been loving it because i've just listened to the episode on uh, how to like view art in art museums and how it's okay if you don't know what you're looking at that you could like it's not that serious and you could pretty much enjoy the art and even create your own narrative even if it's not what the artist might have intended and it's a it was a really good episode because I always think that when I go to art museums and stuff like that I'm always like overwhelmed and feel like I need to know everything but then if I read up on it I feel like I don't have as much brain capacity to read up about the whole exhibit and stuff like that but that's a different story so I hope you guys enjoyed my moonlit muses for this week and i hope you guys have an amazing week or weekend whenever you're listening and i will talk to you guys in a few weeks bye